Welcome to the School for Small Business podcast, where small business owners come to learn the keys to running a successful small business on their own terms. We've been in your shoes, scaling from the basement to the boardroom. We understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And the one thing we know, business doesn't have to be hard. Let us make it easy for you. No business degree required. Join us as we unpack what it really takes to have success. The time, the money, and the freedom that you desire, all while having a massive impact on the people you serve. It's okay to want it all. If you've ever referred to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We're going to dive into the mindset, the strategy, and everything in between. While you're busy supporting others, let us support you. Hello, and welcome back to Small Business School. Last solo episode, episode 106, if you haven't listened to it already, um, it was an episode talking a lot about like profit and how we generate profit in our businesses and how we make financially sound decisions um, that lead to success. And this episode is going to elaborate on that a little bit. One of my thoughts after that episode is that I really wanted to dive further into what it is like to hire an employee and how they add value to the bottom line and how they add value to the business because there's a lot of controversy out there on like who you should hire first. In fact, literally this morning, I saw a fairly well-respected uh, business mentor talking about how your first hire should be somebody who helps you with your like personal life and around your house. Um, other people say it should be administrative team. Other people say it should always be somebody who generates revenue in your business and um, I will tell you, I've, I've probably um, given clients in different situations, different advice based on them. That's what I love about working with clients the way that I do is we really dive into their business model and their personality because um, it's great to tell people to hire a housekeeper. But if you like to have your house a certain way, that's not going to add value to the bottom line for many, many reasons. So today's episode, I want to talk to you about um, those three decisions and how I would think that we have to look at the numbers in the business to understand what those results are. So I guess in no particular order, thinking about hiring somebody who does um, your personal things for you. So number one, I'm always looking at like, what are those things? Okay, it's going to take time for somebody to get to know you, to get to know your style. If you're like, okay, I want gifts. Um, I want you to buy gifts for these people. Like if you're very particular on what those gifts look like. So if you just don't really care, you're like, oh, I just, I need the gift. It needs to be a check mark. That's great. If you're the type of person who's very particular about it, it's going to take time for somebody to learn how that has to happen in order for it to be successful. So you need to count that in of like, I may not get a return on my investment for this certain amount of time. And you need to understand that. But more so, you need to understand, do I have the cash flow to support this? So I hear oftentimes that people be like, well, you just need to go ahead and pay for it. And then it's going to create the cash flow that you needed. I don't really like this approach, especially with anything administrative tasks, because I find, can it be done? Yes. So for this to be successful, you go and you hire somebody. And then right away, it leaves you more hours to do work that is going to result in profit. So this means that if you have a product-based business, there is going to be an ROI. You're going to be able to sell more product and you're going to see that happen because you have more hours to work. Okay. Um, on the other hand, on a service-based business, same thing. You'll be able to deliver more services. I see that there's always people out there who 
um, argue that like, number one, if you're like your nervous system is out of whack and you're working constantly, then you need to buy yourself some of that time so you can relax, you can work more efficiently. And I agree with that. Okay. But if you're at a point where you don't have the money to do this, I would argue that like it's hit or miss on whether or not you, you know, dealing with your nervous system and feeling more relaxed at work is going to have a direct ROI or if it's going to make things worse because financially it's going to be even tighter and then you're going to be more stressed about the financial piece. So that's how I'm looking at these conversations about like go hire somebody in your personal life. So really for that to be successful, you have to be confident that you can then sell more at a, at a profit Um, because of the time that you bought yourself or that the mental capacity. So usually when I see people hiring um, these personal, these people to help in their personal life, either they're generating enough cash flow that they can afford it. Okay. So like they have the money and they're like, look, I need to buy myself some happiness. I need to buy myself some time. But then I'm looking at like, well, what then is the next step? So if you bought yourself more joy, how are you still growing the business, right? Like, how are you still like, because otherwise you bought yourself more joy, but you haven't bought a bigger business and you're just kind of maintaining the status quo um, probably a little bit more pleasantly. But I think that there is economies to scale. And I think that one of the keys in the business is to like not have to work the business. So um, there's a sweet spot there. Um and not having all the pressure on one to two employees, not having all the pressure on you. Um, being a solo service provider can be tough sometimes, unless that's your jam. Then you're charging an hourly rate or you're charging a, you're charging your charge out rates, whatever they are in the packages, provides you an income where you're like, this feels really good and I just don't want to do, I want to have enough free time that I show up creatively and I don't want to do my own housework. But the point is, is you have to look at it. You can't just take it because like some guy who's, you know, sold a eight, nine figure business did this or is telling you to do this. Every time you're given these directions, you need to understand like, well, why does it, why is it successful for that person? Or why are they giving you that advice? Now, the next thing is, is I'm often like, I hear things like, okay, so hire out administrative tasks. Now, I can agree with this. Yet again, if you are busy in your business or if you're not doing the sales piece, so like this is especially true for like, you know, um, service-based businesses where often the owner is doing their own business development and their own sales. So if you are sitting at home and you're doing your own bookkeeping and it takes you six hours a month and then your accountant charges you to fix it all at the end of the year, um, and you're doing all this and you're like, well, I'm saving the administrative tasks, but that's preventing you then from getting out and networking and picking up clients from going to coffee, you know, connection calls or having coffee dates that are going to lead you to getting more sales. Maybe for a product-based business, it's preventing you from sewing, showing up on social media. And like, that's how you get your, your product out there and your, the word out there. So like, it's preventing you from doing the things in the business that are going to help you lead to sales. Then I, I look at the equation in those cases where I'm like, okay, it's preventing me from doing this other thing and it's taking me six hours. So what would the cost be? And if I had my hourly rate times, you know, six hours doing this bookkeeping, what would it come down to? How much does it total up to? 
And how then do I look at the cost of the bookkeeper? Because a lot of the time, if you take your six hours, if you get a bookkeeper who knows what they're doing, they're doing it way more efficiently than you. So even though their hourly rate might be a little bit higher or you're paying out of pocket instead of just using your time, then of course it makes it makes sense, right? Like we're doing the math on it. We're going like, okay, what A and B, here's option A, here's where we would end up. Here's option B, here's where we would end up. So which one's better? And sometimes there's the qualitative aspects of just like quality of life for sure. But having those numbers in place of like the dollars and the cents, like where does it land is eye opening. There are other situations though, where I suggest like, especially starting out, I have clients who were not full. They were not booked out. I would not have suggested that they pay a bookkeeper. Yes, they need to be getting out there and doing business development and drumming up sales, but you can only do that so many hours a day. And there's only so many hours a day and like so many, you know, events even to go to depending on your location and they're not all created equal so then I'm like yeah you know what maybe for the first six months you do your own bookkeeping but there's always decisions to be made and the biggest thing here is that there's always something in flux right like business is changing so just because you make the decision now and it's supportive to you doesn't mean it's going to be the same decision down the road this is no different than when you're using like an outsourced service provider and then maybe down the road there's a cost benefit and you look at it and you're like, okay, this makes more sense for me to bring this in house, right? Maybe your business has grown so big that you actually want an internal marketing team. Um, then the next piece that I look at is um, how can I, so we looked at number one, hiring people for our own household chores and like, you know, family stuff. Number two, um, we're looking at, you know, hiring people administratively in the business. And then number three, I'd love to talk about like hiring technicians. So the interesting part about technicians, um, like somebody who does the work, right? So who who um, is there for you and is like a lot of times in the service-based businesses that they're providing the services. I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, if you had a decision behind hiring somebody administratively and hiring somebody who will actually perform the service, a lot of the times my choice is to hire somebody who performs a service because if you hire somebody who's just administrative, you buy yourself time, but then you're going to go pick up more work and then you're going to be busy again. And if you haven't been strategic now, it can work really well because you can be like, okay, I'm going to pick up more work. As I do this, I'm going to make all these great SOPs and I'm going to have all this all in place so that when I do hire somebody to, um, you know, perform this service, that it all come like it all, it all makes sense. I can onboard them. I'm going to have these programs in place and you've been intentional about it. But if you don't, if you're not intentional about it, then what happens is, is you buy yourself more work and then you back yourself into a corner because now you want to onboard somebody and you're so busy that you have nothing in place. You have no time to train them. You have no time to train this employee, to catch them up to speed, to give them the feedback that they need to do things well. And so now you've almost like, okay, great. You got an administrative person, but like it doesn't necessarily work. I also though bring into this equation, like the amount of revenue, like, do you have enough work to support bringing a team member on board? There's lots of options. Maybe you can bring in somebody um, white labeling, right? Where they're very good at what they do. You only make a little bit on them. Maybe you bring in somebody who's a subcontractor or a part-time employee. So I'm looking at all of those options and then deciding like, am I going to bring in somebody who can do more work? And I, I often find that that's more scalable Plus, somebody who does the work 
can typically, if you look at the set of administrative tasks, so like that's important, but if you look at the set of administrative tasks, you could probably pay them for the extra hour or two hours to like go through and do some of those administrative things like answering the phone or things like that. And it can be a part of their role to handle some of the, the administrative piece um, versus just having somebody administrative that's like, well, I need for like, you know, in Canada here, your minimum pay for somebody is like three hours unless you've hired them as like a VA or a subcontractor. So you want to hire somebody at three hours, but you could probably pay your team member at one hour or you pay them a little bit higher rate to handle their own billing. You know, like there's, there's options there, but you need to understand like, how does, how do those options, how can I weigh them out and how can I do the math on them and understand like, what is the cost and what's the benefit to the organization? Um, when I'm also looking at hiring management, okay, so these are people that are not doing services directly for uh, the business and like not not serving clients or customers. When I'm hiring management, one of the biggest things that I see is that there's a sweet spot between we have too much work, these, you know, your technicians can't manage themselves but in order to hire a manager, you almost have to like, you almost have to grow because you do not have money in the budget to just bring on somebody who um, all of a sudden is like you bring them on and it, it's just sunk cost. It's all overhead. You're like, okay, well, where in my previous profit do I have this extra $90,000 to pay this manager? Um because like now all of a sudden I just have this extra cost. So you want to find like, okay, so what's going to happen? Are you going to find efficiencies in your business? Are the services going to be provided better? Maybe right now you're running into a problem where you're like always over budget or over the amount of time you allotted. So now having the manager in place is going to find some savings there. Maybe, but also how much savings do you think could be found there? Okay. Like how efficient are your team currently? Having that manager, like, do you think you can grow? If, if, if you need growth, like, do you have six months set aside? Like, how quickly do you think you could grow? Because they don't know your business. They're not going to be able to do business development for you. And like, you know, turn around sales day one, it takes time for them to, if you're, if sales is a part of their role as a manager for that division or a manager, then, then they are going, it's going to take time for it to have a payoff. So do you have the cash set aside? If not, maybe you need to find more efficiencies internally to make it work for a little bit of time. So all of this leads back to understanding the dollars and the cents. And what I see is businesses that don't understand it, they skip over it. So they're like, oh man, it's too busy. Like, and they hear all this advice and they're like, okay, I'm going to hire a manager to do that. Or you have a retail store and you want to, you know, have somebody instead of working yourself, you want to have somebody else on and managing the retail store. And it's like, that's great. But do you have the money to pay them? And sometimes we're forgetting that when we're making those decisions of like, well, I don't really want to work the retail store. Like maybe I'm an engineer and I'm like, I can make hundred dollars an hour doing this work somewhere. Like I don't really want to pay. I don't really want to work a $15 an hour job. Well, that's okay. If you're here for the business, if you're looking at the bottom line for the business, it might actually be better for you to go make your wage somewhere else and work a couple hours getting those staff caught up on like what needs to happen for the store to run well. And you hire somebody at a lower wage because then the business builds a profit. 
right? We're not trying to pay somebody $100 an hour for a $15 an hour position and then bleeding the business dry. So I, what I am saying in all of this is it is so incredibly important to understand the financial ripples that every one of your decisions makes. You can see that there's a lot of options, right? Like every single person does something differently. They, they operate differently. What's important to them is different. But you need to then understand like number one, yourself, how you operate and your model of business. So if you're not in touch with yourself and if you're not in touch with your customers and then using that to understand the financial piece, um, I, I pretty much can tell you that's exact. Well, I know that's exactly why you're hurting. You need to have those three things in place. You need to understand yourself. You need to understand um, your model of how you, how you generate revenue. What is important to your customer you know, what do they need from you? And lastly, like, how does it add to the bottom line? So you have that financial stability. So all in all, I don't always have a, you know, an, a specific answer. I'm not going to end this episode with like, you know, my higher decision would always be this. Um, most often I am scalability wise looking to hire somebody who can deliver who helps with sales, like who helps bring in more sales. That would probably be my first hire most often. There's a caveat on that because, but if you bring in um, somebody who does this, I had this conversation with a client the other day who did it backwards and is struggling um, and they're trying to work their way out of it. And if you bring in somebody who can help you with the business and bringing in more sales, then typically when you have like one, two, three employees, now they generate enough profit. So thinking of those levers to now cover an overhead wage for somebody who's just going to do administrative tasks. It, you know, frees up some more time on those people. They can go out and do more selling, but then now we have like, instead of it just being like, okay, it's just me and I need to hire an admin team. Now I'm hiring over like I have four or five people generating enough profit for me to pay for that with. Now, this is like the complications is that you can hire things fractionally. You can hire, you know, subcontractors to do things. So now you have to like weigh out some of those options as well, where you're not just covering necessarily a wage over four people. Maybe you can hire different ways, but that is the starting point. That would, that's often my um, suggestion. And it also depends on your personality, right? If if you're overwhelmed with all the administrative tasks and it's it's killing you, you're not going to do great going out and doing the sales. So there there you need to get in touch with yourself and know this is how I operate. This is what op- how I do best, and this is what the business needs from me. So I need to put these things in place in order to show up well. I hope you found this episode helpful, all about hiring and how you have to look at the numbers and the math behind. Um, why you're hiring and how it adds to the bottom line. That's the, that's the key. How does this add to the bottom line? How does it help customers be more satisfied? How does it help us bring in more sales? How does it help the team feel better so that they stay along around longer? How does it, you know, get more efficiency out of the team? How does it make you feel as a business owner so you can show up and lead well and, and carry that big vision and mission And all of those things to me are driven, you can see them and and measure them in the profitability of the business. Okay, until next time, my friends, I hope business is sound and smooth and you're killing it. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the School for Small Business podcast. That's right. I'm saying thank you because I believe so heavily in small businesses and how they are the backbone of our community. And I am so grateful that you are taking the steps to make sure that your small business is here for the long run, supporting your family and your community. And I just love it. If you found any nuggets from this episode that were helpful to you, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask that you share them with a friend because if you found them helpful, somebody else will as well. And it's that concept of the rising tide raises all ships. So please go ahead and share with a friend, whether it's on social, maybe you're sending them an email the old school way. I don't know. You want to send a letter, but any way you want to share, I would just be eternally grateful. And as always, like, please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to chat with small business owners.